My name is Dan, and welcome to the NPP Podcast, the biological technology show where size matters. We believe the secrets to solving some of the biggest development challenges in the world can be found in some of the smallest naturally occurring technologies. This is not a new idea. For millions of years, the Earth has evolved the molecules, viruses, enzymes, and stimulants required to keep ecosystems in harmony and the planet healthy. But from food security, a booming population, and the threat of climate change, that harmony is out of balance. But what if we could capture and apply the very same naturally occurring technologies that the Earth and the environment have relied on? Would we be able to reverse the trend? That's what we're here to discover. In each episode of the MPP podcast, we'll meet the micros, selecting one of the most exciting naturally occurring microtechnologies in agriculture and exploring the power of more from less. Joining me today is Uber Eoman. Welcome, Uber. Thank you. Uber is a cocoa lead for UPL's work across West and Central Africa, with Ghana, Cameroon, Nigeria, and Ivory Coast accounting for 75% of the world's cocoa production. The need to farm sustainably and with respect for the environment is clashing with the demands of the global cocoa market. But Uber's work with farmers is showing how the power of micro can see more cocoa growth on less land. Today, as the micro, we're meeting Bonsai and exploring a bespoke biosolution developed exclusively for use for West cocoa crops in West Africa and helping improve the environmental and economic resilience of cocoa communities. Can you tell me how important is the cocoa sector for the livelihoods of growers in West and Central Africa? Uh, thank you very much, Dan, for this opportunity to talk about the cocoa in Western Central Africa and also to uh, give some example on what kind of selection we are trying to develop as UPL in this part of the world. You know, uh, as you said, cocoa is representing in the Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, uh, Cameroon and Nigeria are representing 75% of the global cocoa production. And in this part of the, of the world, farmers are facing a lot of issues, a lot of sustainability issues because the cocoa farms uh, belong to smallholder farmers. We don't have a lot of uh, industrial farm in this part of the world. And these farmers are under poverty. They used to live with less than $1 a day. So they have other priorities. They would like to buy food and buying product is not one of their priority priorities. So you need to find, uh, how to say, the way to help them to have a lot of heroin when they are investing in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the product. And uh, as issue of in this kind in this part of the of the of the world also, in this last 15 years, Kodiva and Ghana have lost more than 80% of their forest because the cocoa uh, farm yields are too low and the farmers are willing to grow more lands in on more land to get uh, living income. So what we are trying to do is to help them to have more cocoa in the smallest land. Yeah, now it's uh, difficult conditions for sure. Can you tell me a little bit more about how how is cocoa growing going currently? You know, and how what sort of climate and environmental issues are the farmers currently facing? Yeah, uh, as introduction, you know, when you you lose uh, big parts of the forest, you are exposed to the climate change. 
because you know the cocoa production needs a minimum of rent and uh, also they need a minimum of uh, uh, good uh, climate uh, condition to be to help the cocoa tree to uh, produce more but currently we farmers used to face a, a, a lot of dry season because we don't have a lot of rains and then when we have uh, some long uh, dry season the cocoa tree is under stress so it's not able to produce uh, like when it is in a good condition so um, with these uh, issues of climate change we need to uh, find solution to help the cocoa farmers to have uh, a good yields at least to face the uh, to to have some income uh, living income for their family because uh, other specificity in this part of the world is like the cocoa farmers are some largest family largest size of family you can say you can see an average of eight people per family and they have an average of 2.5 hectare per farmers and the cocoa yield is too low no more than 500 kg per hectare and with this they cannot uh, have some living income. So as UPL, we try to develop some integrative offer to help them to improve their livelihood to produce more in smallest light. The integrative offer is uh, composed by a wide range of products supported by, by services, because we are aiming to be the one-stop shop, uh, the one-stop shop to help farmers to be more resilient. Fantastic to be talking not about products, but offering profitable solutions to farmers to improve their livelihoods. So, you know, moving specifically to bonsai, you know, agronomically, how does it work and, and why was it developed for cocoa? Okay, so bonsai is, as I said, the only the first cocoa biostimulant developed for this, this part of the world because, as I, as I explained, we, we are facing a lot of climate change issues and we have the cocoa trees are always under stresses because they, we don't have a lot of rents so it is good to find some solution to help the cocoa trees to give uh, more production to produce more uh, so bonsai is a biostimulant and the biostimulant is helping the cocoa trees to master the, their own stress to fight against the environmental stress due to uh, climate change and to be able to produce more even under stresses. So with this uh, cocoa biostimulants, we uh, started the, the first trial even in 2010. We, we did a lot of trial to know exactly how to develop this product, how to launch this product. So we found the way to uh, launch it in 2016 and with this one we achieved a lot of good results because even in one year of application you are able to reach more than uh, an average of 37 percent of increase so the minimum uh, increase we got was the 23 percent in only one year and the maximum one was uh, 80 98% in a project, in a sustainability project with fairness water, because in that way, we are able to uh, train, to reach uh, easily the farmers 
to train them and to help them to use the products uh, according to the recommendation. So, um, Banzai, uh, to as a summary, I can say that it is the solution to improve the livelihood of the farmers, the solution to help the cocoa trees to give the best, to give the, the their best, and uh, the solution also to fight against uh, forest uh, destruction and also to help the farmer to have some living income. That's great. And improving that yield per hectare, you know, improving the profitability for every farmer. How are you going about expanding access to more farmers to ensure that this this tool, this important sustainable product is available to the most cocoa growers in West Africa? Yeah, this is one of the main issues, one of the challenges in, in this, in this, in this uh, area. Because as I said at the beginning, the cocoa farms belong to smaller farmers. Uh, we don't have a lot of industrial farms. This is one of the difference maybe between uh, this part of the world and all the other the, the parts. It's true that the cocoa tree uh, in the, is belong to the smaller farmers. So you have to find a way to reach them. So we developed uh, three ways to go to the market. The can say the first one is to reach the farmers through the retailers. So we have some agreement with the retailers, and also we do have some uh, showrooms and some warehouse uh, uh, on the fields to help the farmers who are willing to go themselves to to to, to buy the product to do it. But uh, with the retailers, they are able to go even far from the warehouse to reach the farmers and give them the product. And this is the first way. The second one is uh, as UPL is number one in terms of sustainability. So here also we are exploring a lot of sustainability ways. And uh, uh, the cocoa uh, farmers here are represented by some cooperatives. They organize themselves in some cooperatives and the cooperatives have some partnership with the exporters like uh, Olam, like uh, Cargill and Barricalabo. Uh, so we, we used to uh, deal with these exporters in their uh, sustainable projects. So we have some agreement with them. So when we deal we have, uh, with our partnership with the exporters, it is uh, some opportunity to give some loans to the farmers, some loan to the farmers. So as soon as the exporters collect the needs of the farmers, we are delivering the product directly to the farmers. We give them training and we help them to apply the product. The last way we are exploring is through the national regulatory bodies, like in Cote d'Ivoire, like Conseil Africa Cacao and in Ghana, the Ghana Cocoa Board. We are willing to give the product to the national bodies, national regulatory bodies, because they are their own sustainability uh, projects. And with this project, one of the pillars is to increase the cocoa yield, to increase the livelihood of the farmers. So in that way, we sell the product directly to them and they use it for their sustainable projects. So in that way, they can reach more farmers than can because in our supply, we don't have any, we don't have any supply chain. We have to deal with uh, 
uh, how to say, all the stakeholders to be able to reach the, 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 the cocoa farm. And so as a summary, we have two, three different ways of go to market with retailers, with sustainable project uh, through the exporters, and also with, uh, with the national regulatory bodies. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love to hear the, uh, the way we're transforming the value chain for cocoa, right? Thinking through from the exporters to the consumers to the end users, how the importance of sustainability and being able to preserve against deforestation, to improve farmer resilience. I mean, it's really a, a full circle of how these types of products can transform our value chains and, and make the world more sustainable. So, you know, you mentioned you launched the product in 2016. You know, where do you see Bonsai going? Do you have any good examples, you know, of how well Bonsai has made it into the market? And do you see it potentially extending to other markets around the world? Yeah. Uh, we launched Bonsai, as I said, in 2016. And it is like uh, six years ago now. And uh, currently, the in every country, the farmers have started to discover the effects of bonsai. So we used to say bonsai changed the life. And even the farmers used to say with bonsai, I'm sure I can have a lot of profits because as an example, the minimum of return of in, on investment you can get is six, one per six. So we have been able to, uh, to reach some return of uh, some ROE from uh, six to seven point, even seven point five. So, uh, um, taking into account the sustainability activities we are doing on the field, you are able to increase your area because uh, the first of all, as I said, we used to train the farmers on good agricultural practices, and they have also to how to say to take care of their farm, and then they have to use. Bonsai is not replacing the other agro inputs. You have to use to, uh, first of all, apply the good agricultural practices. Second, you have to apply some um, uh, fungicide or insecticide if needed. And then if you have uh, the possibility to use also some fertilizers, you can use them. And in addition, you can add the bonsai. You will see the difference. So even if you don't have uh, the opportunity to use fertilizer, Banzai can contribute to increase, to improve the, 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 the yield of the cocoa farm. So as key results uh, in Western Central Africa, even this year, uh, from, 2020, from 2021 to 2022, we developed some demonstration plot with able to reach, to reach a lot of profits with the farmers. So these farmers are on the way to commit to use the bonsai for their uh, um, sustainable activities. We have very good results, a lot of examples to, 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 to share. So we even have some movies on bonsai effects where we used to collect some testimony from the farmers 
So it is not like uh, we are just giving some, uh, how to say, a good argumentation to sell the product. Even the farmers themselves share their experience on, on Banzai. So it is a very good uh, journey and I'm very exciting to lead this, this, uh, this project. And maybe as information for you, as I come from Olam, I was leading the focus education program for Olam uh, during more than six years. And I discovered Banzai in 2017 before I joined UPL. So I was the focus point uh, of Olam. I've been able to see the effect of the, of the product. So for me, the first step is to do some pilot projects with the farmers and we are on the way. Currently we can see that maybe years by years we can multiply the number of farmers reached by at least 10 from one year to another one. So it is, we are very, uh, how to say, uh, confident in the, the product and uh, that's amazing. Amazing validation from yourself too, that you, know, you saw and you believed in this product well before, yeah. uh, that, that's great. And, you know, as one of the taglines for this show, we talk about the planet helping the planet. And I think that's so much more evident when you see, you know, yourself who's brought this product to life in Western Central Africa, also helping these other geographies around the world improve sustainable farming for cocoa. Yeah. Well, thank you, Uber, for your introduction to Bonsai the microtechnology that is helping farmers in West Africa grow more cocoa on less land and protecting the forests and health of the natural world at the same time. This is a great example of where the planet is helping the planet. So thank you, Hubert. Um, and you can learn more about MPP's work with micropower and macro impact at www.mpp.ag.